0: The scripture reading tonight is from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 23. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. The word of the Lord.
1: When he burst into flames, there was, to the exclusion of all else, astonishment. Astonishment at this state, this condition, that had not been and then certainly and completely was. Then exhilaration, a euphoria that such a thing could be. These curious initial biochemical reactions were in part a response to the instantaneous depletion of oxygen immediately surrounding him by the fire. And the flood of endorphins released ahead of the coming pain, which, when the brain caught up, would be excruciating, right out on the edge of unendurable. There's a kind of a lot of drama in the text for today. Uh, it kind of starts out with this intense, sort of pivotal question. Jesus gathers up all his disciples, and he, like, sits them down and takes slow... Long looks at everybody, letting them know that this is important. Bringing to the situation the weight of, this is going to matter. This is going to change some things. He asked them, who do people say that I am? And they respond, people say, you're John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus looks at them again, long and slow, and asks, Who do you say that I am? Peter looks at the other disciples and they all kind of nod, like telling him to go ahead and say it. Peter speaks for all of them, because the question of exactly who they thought Jesus was was the topic of almost constant conversation when Jesus wasn't around. After feeding the masses or calming the storms, walking on water, casting out demons, besting the best rabbis, the things he said the way he interpreted the scriptures, after all these things, the disciples were always asking each other, like, what is he? Or who is he? Is is he a prophet or an angel or a god? I mean, is it possible that he could be the Messiah? But that was a big pronouncement to make, a big leap to take. But they nodded to Peter, telling him to say it. Make the leap. Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And to their astonishment, Jesus confirms it. He says, blessed are you. Our father God in heaven has revealed this to you. He says, something is happening here. Something is starting, and it's starting with you. And we're going to make a new way, and nothing will turn it around or shut it down. It'll be a new way, and you will all be free, free from the old way. You don't have to live by the rules around you. You can live a deeper way or a higher way. Whatever you will allow will be allowable. And whatever you disallow will be disallowed. Here are the keys. Take them. Use them. Unlock your chains and the chains of your brothers and sisters, your enemies and your friends. Use these keys to unlock this gate. And let the kingdom flock in, flood in, flow in, permeate and saturate the kingdom of this world. Walk around with the water of the kingdom of God, wetting your feet always. The sea in ancient mythology is the region of chaos, not uniformly malevolent, but eternally unknowable, and in that, terrifying not included in the most commonly known story of the deliverance of the slaves from captivity in Egypt, was what they saw when they passed through the chaos. At his God's command, Moses held out his hand over the abyss, and the Lord drove back the waters, so that the fleeing slaves walked on dry land on the bottom of the abyss with great walls of water humming on both sides. What they saw as they passed through the chaos was every kind and possibility of darkness writhing and striving just on the other side of the surface of those walls. Even the purpose and promise that could be glimpsed was overwhelmed by mammoth shadows of creatures further back from the surface. How far back or how large or even the shape or intentions of these beasts was unknowable. It was as if the creator was saying, freedom, yes, but this is what you must pass through, and rarely will it be held at bay, held back. To live freely is to contend with these. Many fled back to Egypt, meeting the pursuing armies on the way, pleading for capture, preferring slavery, the kind of limited and knowable cruelty to the possibilities of this kind of freedom offered. So after Jesus said all that, he said one more thing. He said, oh, yeah, um, hey, uh, guys, um, don't tell anyone I'm the Messiah. What? <laughs> the situation, this new situation, the unlocking of the kingdom of heaven came about because the disciples had leapt and said they'd come to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the son of the living God, the Savior, And he tells them not to tell anyone? I would think he would say, okay, now that you know, I want you to go out and tell everybody. Tell every freaking buddy. But you know, it's not that sort of thing. It's not the sort of thing you tell, it's the sort of thing you do, maybe, the sort of thing you practice. You live in the knowledge of Jesus the Savior, the Son of the living God. Jesus the Savior, the Son of the living God is the situation you find yourself in. It is the perpetual moment. But of course, it's not easy to live in the moment. It's not easy to practice freedom and love and faith and generosity. The situation he found himself in presented this kind of choice. Flee backwards, on his heels, tripping, stumbling, onto the mundane shore. A kind of life could be made there, not entirely numbing. Or moving toward pleasant, maybe, almost. Or he could walk on, step, keeping his eyes down, or even searching behind the walls of the abyss. He could name the shadows if he felt he had it in him. There was always another way. Stand there, not forward, not back until the humming wall's water collapsed." From that time on, in that moment on, Jesus begins to tell them how he has to go to Jerusalem. But when he gets there, he's going to be tortured and killed by the rulers of the kingdom of the spoiled way, the rulers of the kingdom of fear and fraughtness, the kingdom of striving and selling, accumulating and violence. Peter, empowered by the energy of the new revelation, misunderstands the feeling and steps outside the moment and says, I will not let that happen to you. I forbid it, and God forbids it, and so I am stepping up. I am stepping in. Jesus says, can't you see? You are the devil. You are old kingdom. You put your chains back on. See, this is why I gave you the key You need the key. You're going to need to keep it pretty handy because people once free, most people staring into that freedom, jump back from it, move out of the moment and back into captivity. We're not going to fight them, Jesus says. We're not going to engage them, Jesus says. We are not going to participate in their way of running the world. There is no fear in the kingdom of Jesus, the Messiah moment. He had a memory of Crater Lake. He was chasing his dog, Moses, through some scrub woods, playing really, only half believing he needed to retrieving. He lost sight of Moses, but continued running in the direction of the, of the chase, thinking more of the sheer drop-off that must be coming up quickly than of the dog. He put his head down and quickened his pace. He broke through the low branches on the very edge of the crater, only six feet to the precipice. It appeared as if he had stepped out into the sky. He tripped or instinctively dropped to the ground, face down. His momentum continued to carry him forward. He slid on the rock, flattening his body, trying to dig in with his hands and feet. He stopped just as head and shoulders passed beyond the rock face. His heart was desperately trying to regain some regular rhythm. His lungs digging for air, his arms and hands spread behind him, pushing down hard on top of the cliff to hold him in place. He shimmied back until he was full, a fully a couple feet from the edge, and stood up. He swooned a little as he looked across the six miles to the other side and the thousand-foot drop. He had to look at the ground to gain his balance, but when he did, he looked out again, into the abyss, and he thought, oh. Oh, this is how life can be. And it made him laugh and tremble. And he walked back to the camp to find Moses. It's hard to live in this situation that we find ourselves in. It's hard to remember the moment. It's hard to remember that we are standing on ground moist with the kingdom of another way, of love peace, beauty, with no fear. It's easy to look around and find the measures and strictures and shackles of a kind of perverted security to the freedom of living in the moment of Jesus the Messiah. But, you know, that is why we come here every week. We come here every week to remind ourselves of what we already know, that we are invited to, We are given, we are freed to live another way. Love God, love the people in our lives fully, really, and to find in ourselves not self-judgment, but the true reflection of ourselves in the eyes of God as loved, as lovely and brave. Come now and have a little something to eat, it'll help.